Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for riding along today. Um, before I get into what I want to share today, um, I want to do a little bit more expansion on some Malachi text um, that I've been speaking out of. And uh, I just want to elaborate a little bit more. I feel like the Lord is just continually expanding maybe what I previously understood and measure. And then I read it and I, and I kind of meditate on, it, on it, meditate on it for a day or so. And, and it just continues to seemingly expand even more. And so I just want to give a couple more minutes to that before I, before I um, share what I want to share today. And, and basically what's come out of this that I, I alluded to a little bit in the previous podcast episode um, that was a lot of different things, but by the end of it, you know, a few minutes in, and I would say that the the core of what I was sharing in the previous message is is the stuff in Malachi about the unacceptable sacrifice. Um, I'm sitting still here in my truck so I can actually read it. Uh, just so I'm a little more clear about what I'm presenting as opposed to just opinion. Um, but basically, the, the, the Lord himself is, is speaking uh, to his people. And, and basically, this is you know through the prophet Malachi, again, this mysterious man that we don't really know anything about. Um, some scholars believe he was, this is like a made-up name. Um, but no one really seems to know definitively for sure who this even is. It's very intriguing. But basically, it's the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel. Okay, so it's, it's the Lord's words to his people, to his children, to his offspring. And uh, just some of the things I'll pull out that he said is, You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, How have we defiled you? The table of the Lord is to be despised, is what he says they're saying. And so he says all these things, and the people just respond with like, what do you mean? He'll say something else. What do you mean? He'll say something else. What do you mean when you say that? They were just really ignorant. They weren't, they weren't understanding the Lord's rebuke and his correction. It goes on to say in, in Malachi 1.8, But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? And he goes on, I'm not pleased with you. I will not accept an offering from you. Um, and so like, and this is my present understanding of that. Okay. Like, because this is kind of where I started in the lame and blind sacrifice message yesterday. And, and it kind of origin, I I believe the origination of it was like anything that is like in the, in the spirit of Cain. Um, a lesser sacrifice, not what God is asking, requiring, and can we just rightly say demanding, we bring in a certain way, from a certain heart's posture, a desire to please the Lord. Okay, now that's good and right and true. 
Yes and amen, that is true. But here's the deeper truth within it, I would say, definitely for me, and I would say within the text, and within the warning and the correction and the rebuke the Lord is bringing. And this coincides hand in hand in absolute perfect perfection to me alongside what the Lord revealed to me about my joining into the death of Messiah and his perfect vow to the grave, to eternal Yahweh that satisfied, satisfied to complete wholeness, the fulfillment of pleasing eternal Yahweh by becoming a what? Our slain lamb propitiation mediator to perfection through the perfect vow of the Messiah. Okay, so I feel like I've been clear to establish that messages ago. I feel like that's been made as clear as I'm capable today to explain that. So that is my vow that I joined into. It's not my verbal vow. It's not my commitment. It's not my covenant. I am mere man. It's a spiritual covenantal reality that I join myself into the perfect vow of Messiah, into his death, and his death becomes my own. That's why I have to join myself with his death, because his death alone is sufficient to keep me, to hold me, to to covenantally bind me with eternal Yahweh. And any other vow, any other commitment, any other covenant of man, if originating in himself, is too small, too little, too limiting, and bound to fail. I feel like I'm making that crystal clear. And so, well, what does that have to do with this? I would say it's the exact same premise, the exact same principle at play here. I believe to me and to anyone who would read with the eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit is saying within the text, I would say that it's saying to us anything outside of the pure and spotless Lamb, Yeshua Messiah, is not acceptable. Because, y'all, we don't live in the Old Testament reality. We don't live in raising the pure and spotless natural animal lamb and presenting him to Yahweh eternal according to those pre-Messiah, pre-changing of all ages that once was. Okay, so the demonstration of the man, we could say, and I'm doing air quotes, in Yeshua Messiah, the slain lamb, the version, if you will, of that reality was in the natural sacrifice that you presented to God. Is that not absolutely true? And I am no, I'll say again, I'm not one who's studied this for my whole life. I believe this is the revelation of the scriptures that the Spirit alone brings to any one of us. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. Can we not say that pre-Messiah, pre-Emmanuel, we know according to the original pattern, like the, the sacrificial pattern with animals, blood of animals, that alone, when done according to what God's requirements were, which the priests and the people fully knew back then, you bring a pure and spotless animal. You don't just bring your best. You don't just bring, well, I'll bring the best I have and I hope it's good enough. There were 
there were stringent parameters of the requirements of God. That's why the that's that why that uh, Miguel Idar business was so amazing that God sent Himself via the Son in the place of the birthplace of the perfect spotless lambs, who from birth were deemed perfect, swaddled, held, set apart. Unto one purpose, the purpose of that animal was not just to become food, was not to become a grazer of the grass, was not for any other thing, but they were bred, birthed, and withheld from every other purpose that they could serve to become the sacrificial slain lamb. The best depiction of the slain lamb reality at that time, in that age. And so let me just put it this way in layman's terms for any one of us to understand. Just, well, the best you've got was not good enough. It was not good enough. That's why there was the priestly order. That's why there was the set-apart sacrificial animals. There were parameters. There were specifications that needed made in order to please God according to his statutes and his purposes. Okay, so what does that mean? Today, fast forward to us in the Messiah age, in the era of the Messiah has come and he has satisfied and fulfilled what was a foreshadowing before. As as far as sacrificial animals go, how man approaches God, how man can be deemed righteous in the sight of God to come into his presence. And so what I believe this is saying to you, to me, to all of man now who live in this covenantal age that must be entered in only by the slain perfect lamb, listen to what I'm saying. Our best efforts are not enough. The, the, the message of this age is, hey, you go to God you go to Buddha, you go to Allah, your best. Just do your best, try your hardest, go to him however you are comfortable doing, and surely God is good enough, whatever your version of God and even Christianity's God. If As long as you're doing your best, then brother, who can be hard on you with that? God understands. He understands. Men, we're just weak. We're just weak. God will receive us as long as your heart's right. As long as your heart's right, God will not turn you away. Well, brothers, that's not biblically accurate. That's not right. And we would say that about Islam. We would say that about any other religion. You can't just go to your own imagination of who God is, your own path, your own way. But how is that filtered down to Christianity? Well, brother, I'm not, who am I? I'm not your judge. Man, you just need to be before the Lord, and he will receive you. Come as you are. Come as you are. Yes, come as we are. Yes, yes, yes. Let's come to him as we are. But we then have to encounter him. And we will be either be drawn to him or driven away by the mandatory parameters, which is through Yeshua Messiah, the Son, is the only way to the Father. Your best efforts, my best efforts, our best doctrines, our best opinions, our now realities of what we understand are not sufficient. 
They're not sufficient. They are not enough. They are lame and blind. And God cannot receive them. It's not that he won't. He can't. And I think we need to shift our understanding. It's not that God just won't receive it. Nope, not good enough. Next. He can't. He can't. What are we absolutely sure he can receive? This goes to my vow. What vow is, quote, enough to join me with eternal Yahweh God, with nothing in between us? The perfect slain lamb Messiah. His vow, his sacrifice. His vow, his sacrifice. Perfection. It's satisfied. It's satisfied. It's satisfied. The demands of the eternal father. It's satisfied. He was well pleased. And so when I go into him, Messiah, Emmanuel, all that he is and all that he was to satisfy what could rightly come to eternal God and be a pleasing aroma that comes up from the earth, that is now mine. That is the living sacrifice reality. I am now doing that, and that is exactly who I am. But I'm not a living sacrifice because I try hard enough, because I believe enough, because I do all the right things, because I know I have to. No. It's a willing surrender into the works of the slain lamb Messiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? He fulfilled the sacrificial plan to perfection. So I would say this morning, and I meant this to just be a small little addition to yesterday, to say I believe it's the same. I go into the vow, I go into the covenantal vow of Yeshua Messiah with the Father in perfection that becomes mine. It becomes what now holds me. And it's so much more than any vow that would ever come out of my mouth because it's not my own. By faith, I have joined myself into Messiah's vow and covenant. And just like that, this mirrors the sacrifice reality. I am now joined as a living sacrifice into Yeshua Messiah, the perfect Passover lamb. It keeps me now. It holds me. It continually makes me, by a supernatural event, presentable to God. I can present myself to God. How? Look at your son. Look at the son. Look at the son. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ in me. Housed now in this temporal body of flesh? Yes. But those are just little fleshly limitations. Oh, Lord, make this clear. Make this clear to anyone who would have ears to hear. It is not my sacrifice that can satisfy eternal Yahweh God. It's not enough. Well, I'll, I'll give more. I'll give this. I'll do that. I'll say this. I'll give more money. I'll give more time. Now are you satisfied, God? Now are you? Now am I good enough? No. There's something to shift within our understanding. Even in our best efforts, our absolute best now, it's lame. It's blind. 
And it's according to a pattern that has passed away. It's according to a pattern that Emmanuel, Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus came and fulfilled to perfection and has now extended that to all mankind to say, come into me, be born again, be born of the spirit, be born of the water. Come to me in like manner and you will be a pleasing, living sacrifice who has vowed yourself to the grave via my death and covenantal vow. Y'all, this is huge. This is huge. This is huge. This gives me such hope. Man, when I prayed this morning along these lines with this perspective, I felt my spirit soaring in the heavens. I felt something freeing me. Why? Because I'm joined with the eternal works of the perfect Son. God Himself, Yahweh God Himself, can be pleased with receiving me. Why? Because Joel is finally trying hard enough. He's finally giving me all he has. No, that's not it. That's not it, friends. That's not the culmination of why the perfect slain lamb came. He simply said, yield your will, yield your sacrificial approaching of, to God, yield it to me, give it to me, because your best efforts will not be enough. They may be something. Yes, I'm not saying God ignores it entirely, but I'm saying it's not the pinnacle of the fulfillment of what was purchased for us. It's the more. It's the more because it has no bounds. It has no limitations. It has no imperfection. It has no imperfection. So in what ways am I, what ways are you still trying to find your best bull, your best lamb, when the perfect lamb and the perfect bull, the perfect sacrifice has already been extended to you? And you're laboring for something that you're not intended to labor unto. You're trying to make yourself acceptable to God. Do we consecrate ourselves? Yep. Do we set ourselves apart and sanctify ourselves according to Christ Jesus, becoming more and more in his likeness? Yes and amen. There's much for us to do. There's much for us to tend to. There's much for us to put our hands to. Absolutely, the rest of my days, however, will be for me presently understanding that I have to continually give myself in faith to the reality that I have been joined with the slain lamb, the perfect sacrificial propitiation lamb that satisfied every single thing on my behalf for me to enter into the most holy place and be received by God himself. Brothers, that's freeing. Brothers, that's life. That's abundant life. Life. Abundant. Oh my goodness. This, I'm finding such freedom here. Not freedom to just bask in it and like, oh God, it's all you. You just do whatever you want. Here I am. Do whatever you want. No, it's not that. It's much more involved than that, yet is still established in a yielding of a living sacrifice reality that I've not yet known, or I could say not yet been immersed into. I've seen it. I've seen it. 
I've seen it. I've been born again for years. I've seen it. But I haven't been in it. I haven't been in it. I haven't been joined into the covenantal vow of Messiah. And now that I am, brothers, listen to what I'm saying. A whole universe is coming into sight. It's coming into my view. I'm tasting. I'm seeing things that I did not and I would say could not see previous. And it's changing everything that I see. It's changing how I view every single thing in my life. And brothers, I'm telling you, like, it's a treasure. It's a treasure. Do you have it? Do you know it? Do you live according to that? Do you live so free? Do you live that free? I've not. I have not lived in this place. I want to present. How do I present anything acceptable in the sight of the perfect, holy, righteous God? (laughs) It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I present the perfect slain lamb. He is mine. He is mine. He is my sacrifice. He is my propitiation. He is the satisfier of everything that was between God and man. What a change. What a change. What a change. What a change. What a shift. What a freeing, freeing thing this is. Not by works. Not by works that what? That any man could boast. I boast in the cross of Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, Messiah, who satisfied in every possible way the demand upon mankind to be received unto God himself. I boast in that. I will boast in that. I'm going to boast in that. I'm going to boast in the Passover lamb that went over my house and brought me deliverance and brought me freedom and satisfied me, deemed me acceptable. Now I had to sprinkle the blood. I had to brush that blood on the doorpost. I have to hear. I have to be obedient to what he says. These are the requirements, Joel. Yes and amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, I hear you. We will do as you ask of us. But listen, oh my gosh, is it my blood on the doorpost? Is it me? Did he say, slay your firstborn son and and splash the blood on the doorpost and I'll pass over? Nope. What was it? It was a slain lamb, y'all. It was the slain lamb. Joel, I'm asking you to kill yourself. When you get to a place of absolute abandonment to your will, you get out a knife and you slit your throat. That's the only way that's going to please me because that is all of you, right? That is all of you. Suicide. No. No. (laughs) The living sacrifice. That is what brings God eternal glory on the earth and to all principalities and powers and all creation stands up in awe and says that is the glory of God and no man can stop it. That right there, that's Emmanuel again. That's Emmanuel again. And that guy in southwestern Virginia, that's Emmanuel. Just like thousands of years ago. Oh my gosh, that's Emmanuel. That's a God-man. It's not him that's living. He's living unto the slain lamb. Y'all, I feel it. 
I feel it in my bones. I feel it in the blood in my veins. I feel it in my understanding. I feel it in my spirit that's eternal, that this is right, that this is something, something mysteriously revelational that I've never heard anybody tell me before. I've not heard this before. I didn't read this in some book. I didn't hear this at some ministry conference. This is me getting before the Lord and believing in faith in a way I've not known before. What if that's it? What if that's it? Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Present yourselves consecrated. Present yourselves holy. Present yourselves blameless. Y'all, what if we can do that? What if we can do that? What if sin becomes a memory for me? What if sin becomes a memory? Like right now? Man, that's not even on my radar. I won't even go into that. Somebody would probably call me heretical right now. Y'all, I'm, I'm like right now? That's not even on my radar. A thought comes. The Holy Spirit's conviction comes. Nope, not giving any, any thought to that. I'm setting my mind on things above. Period. Next. Why? I'm in the slain lamb, y'all. I'm in him. I'm not going to corrupt that. I'm not going to be detestable in his sight. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Will I be perfect the rest of my days? No. Nope. But right now, man, what am I, 12 days into my immersion? 13 days into my immersion? No, sir. It's in the water. I'm in the water. I have a clear conscience. It was sprinkled all over me. God can receive me now. But is it because of what I've done? No. Is it because of how I'm acting, how I'm getting up earlier, and how I'm praying more, how I'm fasting? No. No. Are those components? Yes. That is a demonstration of my response to what is supernaturally true. They are the conditions that keep me. They are the, the, the works part of my response to my faith. Because I'm in a body of flesh, y'all. It's prone to sin. It's bent to sin. But I'm living according to the Spirit. And you know what? This is what my wife and I prayed last night, and it was just so alive to us. You know why sin isn't on the table right now? Because the ground of my heart is fertile towards the things of the Spirit. And so when sin comes, that temptation comes. When that temptation comes, that enticement, there's nothing in me right now, brothers. There's nothing in me. So that seed of temptation comes, and guess what happens? It sits on the top of the soil of the Spirit, and it has nowhere to go. It has nowhere to go. It has nowhere to land. It has nowhere to find any place to get into me. Amen. Thank the Lord. Praise God. What a miracle. Me. <sighs> I want that for the rest of my days. And I believe I can do it. I believe I can do it. Not me, myself, but as I yield my will into the perfect slain lamb Messiah, I can do it. I can do it. It is potentially there for me. 
And if I say it's not, then the, then the slain lamb did not satisfy everything between God and man. I'm saying it's not enough. I'm saying it wasn't enough to keep me. But yes and amen, it could keep me. It is sufficient. It satisfied to the letter the demands and the requirements of God himself. And so anyone who will join himself into that covenantal vow reality of the slain lamb perfect sacrifice, that is what awaits you, friend. That is what is for you. So cease striving. Cease striving. Cease striving. Oh God, I've got to be right. I've got to get this perfect. I've got to get this perfect before I jump in the water. I've got to get this perfect before I open my mouth to a stranger. I've got to get this perfect before I minister. I've got to get this perfect before I do this or do that. No, so restrictive, friends. Yield to the perfect lamb. He's enough. He is the perfect satisfier of every single thing necessary for man to be found pleasing and acceptable in the sight of Yahweh God. Y'all, I don't, I, man, I want to feel like a preacher. I feel like a preacher who says, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are letting on. Like, friend, if I could reach through these speakers, through your headphones, and grab your head and look into your eyes and say, listen to what I'm saying. Oh, I would do it. Oh, I would do it. In faith, I believe that's going to happen with someone. Oh, Lord, let it happen in someone. This is not something I have unearthed for myself. This is a gift from God. Oh, man, this is an ancient thing, y'all. This is an ancient thing. Oh, Lord, let it come into the earth. May it just permeate anyone who would speak it, hear it, receive it, share it, do it. In faith, in faith, God, everything was satisfied, y'all. So go into the perfect slain lamb Messiah's vow, his covenantal vow unto death, flawless, perfect. You will then, joining with that, you will absolutely then be received by Yahweh God, which is the culmination of our existence. So may it be so. May it be so. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, and amen, may it be so. May it be so. Amen.